sassy Little bit crazy, little bit classy We got dreams and we got goals We're just a couple of old sassholes Hello! (laughs) (laughs) We both stopped there. Took deep breaths and stared at each other. Off to a great start. <laughs> Fresh knit. Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Couple of Sassholes podcast. I'm Brooklyn Maple. And I am Heather Terry. And if this is your first time joining us, first, thank you. We already love you. That's right. And also, this is our podcast that's mostly about true crime and fucked up people doing fucked up shit. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Thank you. I'm very <laughs> glad. Today, we are bringing it live. We're not really pre-recorded. Well. <laughs> Um, from Savannah, Georgia. Yes, it is so pretty here. Oh, I love it here. Like, it's, I love it here. It, it is very pretty. The trees are awesome, which I never pay attention to. Brooklyn's more of the tree person. I'm very We've learned. apparently. If I took a shot every time she said the word tree on the road, I would be blacked <laughs> out in two miles. <laughs> I just think trees are really cool. I've learned a lot about <laughs> shrubs and trees and colors and birds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've also learned... That they put lemonade in their iced coffee here. Okay, so we went to get coffee today. We were, I was really, really excited about this. I never thought that you could fuck up a coffee order. I never yeah. thought that. Yeah. Because everywhere, I mean, we go to the spot coffee shop in Owensboro. Shout out to the spot because that's my favorite freaking coffee. Um, but everything they have there is unbelievable. And yeah. this was just like, we ordered the Dirty South, which felt normal. It had no description on what it was. And no. we're like, it's a fucking coffee. It's half coffee, half mother fucking lemonade Ugh. and it is the worst thing i've ever drank in my life it's like we lost the bet in middle school did you already throw yours away it's in the other room heather won't even look at it it's <laughs> like i'm not even look at you in your face You're i disgusting. can't make eye contact i feel shameful it's disgusting it's and then these two strangers came out from the woodwork while we were walking back and they were like oh where'd you get coffees and we were like oh over at this place don't order this because it's disgusting yeah dirty south oh man it's terrible yeah i'm not a fan so i did brew some coffee the beverages that are currently in front of me is that disgusting dirty south a cup of black coffee and then also a glass of champagne because why the fuck not throwback thursday it is it's been a long time since we drank on a podcast yes we should probably cheers cheers to savannah and a couple of sassels Okay, listen to us drink. Mm-hmm. Fun roadside things that we saw. We saw a um, sign that said Cat Cafe, 30 cats. With an exclamation point. Yes, and it was huge. And yeah. it was like screaming at you. It was like, 30 cats! But <laughs> <laughs> when we read it, we were like, oh my God, there's 30 cats! I know, but then I you said... I sign. I thought you said, well, what if one dies, they just change the number? <laughs> just 29 cats, man. I don't think it hits as hard as 30 cats. I mean, it's I like they had somebody it. somewhere had a goal. They said it and they met it. Yeah, and exceeded it. Well, then we didn't see a sign for said. We were gonna go. I would. There's no way I'm, I wouldn't have gone. I want to see the, all thirty, and I'm gonna count them to make sure that <laughs> they don't lie. Because <laughs> so, I feel like they could fib. Nobody knows. I feel like they could fib too. We started our trip in Atlanta. We had a great time there. It was great weather. I I was not expecting everything to be so warm because it is so toasty here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Atlanta, we found this awesome bar called the Red Phone Booth. Red Phone Booth. Red Phone Booth. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's early. (laughs) I just saw... It's really not, guys. Um, It's not. Don't let her fool you. Uh, In my world, it is. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. You would have already been at work for two hours. Like, no, it's not. But anyway, 
Um, it was an awesome location, really cool vibe. You have to like know how to get into the place. So we got lucky because some guys were leaving because it's just a red photo booth and you like, you walk into it and it's like, how the fuck do you get in? Yeah. And I guess you're supposed to dial on the rotary phone, but it wasn't working. It's a different phone number every time and yeah. they let you in and it's a, a really cool speakeasy vibe. It was like, you can smoke cigars in there, which was cool until like the girls next us lit up cigarettes. And then I was like, why do I, <laughs> ever since I quit smoking cigarettes, I do not want to fucking smell like cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, I, I have fought the demon off my shoulder. Do not put her in my hair. <laughs> that is how I fucking felt the next day. I was like, this is bullshit. This was fresh hair. Do not put now, her in my hair. Now it's all fucking... The devil's smoke was in my fucking hair. The devil's smoke. <laughs> you went in the Bible Belt for five minutes. <laughs> five, five minutes. My whole adulthood. <laughs> right, I know. Uh, and then we moseyed on over here. We went straight to Tybee Island. The fucking traffic to get there, it's like honestly a 30-minute drive. It's 18 miles from our Airbnb, and it took uh, probably an hour and 40 to get there, and then two hours, maybe two and a half yeah. to get home, was which bad. was really frustrating. So we made it through that by listening to 90s and 2000s R&B with yes. the windows down mm-hmm. and our, our voices up. <laughs> and it was it was a treat i like when that old guy pulled up beside us and he said where's davies county and i was like what she goes how does he know i'm uh, like it's on it's on your license plate yeah well, but i did fake you out at first and tell you that he googled the 270 zip code because of the sticker the sticker that i got from hillview yeah <laughs> that's on your car it's like Shout he googled it <laughs> yeah you're an ass <laughs> But it was fun. I mean, Tybee Island is a really cool place if you can do it without the traffic. I wouldn't say that it was worth it. Also, too, though, we didn't stay there. We were there for two hours, and it took us four hours to fucking get Mm -hmm. over there, basically. So that's a whole... We didn't get to do Tybee Island. We got to see But it was really cool. We had to eat and see the ocean and drink out of a pineapple, so... Yeah, I'm not complaining about that whatsoever. Boxes are checked. Yes. Today (laughs) is Savannah. Of course, we went and had some great dinner last night. Um, Today, we're going to hit it hard. We're recording the podcast, and then after that, we are hitting the mean streets. Mm -hmm. And do some shopping, do some brunching, do some eating. We're going to do... All the the things that feel right. Haunted bar crawl, which I... It's the only reason I'm here. (laughs) Not really, but I'm very excited. Moon River Brewery's on there. Yes. Which I've always wanted to go to. And last time I was here, I couldn't go because it was storming. So we couldn't do the ghost tour. Oh. But I brought ponchos and a good attitude. So we're we're going. A poncho and a good attitude, she says. (laughs) So we are all set, everyone. I mean, that's all you really need. Yeah. Very outdoorsy now. Yeah. (laughs) And then we're going to, um, we just looked because I honestly thought Asheville, North Carolina was a lot fucking closer than it is. I thought it was three or four hours and apparently it's like seven. So that's the whole distance that we had traveled to Atlanta the first day. And so we have to wake up kind of at the ass crack and mm-hmm. get the fuck out of here so we can um, experience Asheville at all or yeah. we're not really going to see much. So I think we're going to have a pretty soft landing um, from the ghost tours and then wake up early and Hit the road and go see what Asheville has to offer. Yeah. That's the fun stuff. So we should jump into I think our we stories. Should. I think we I'm should. I'm pretty excited. This one I actually picked from Savannah. I'm going to try not to touch the table. But I picked this from Savannah because is yours from Georgia? Mm-hmm. You said? Okay. Well, this one actually happened here. We'll probably hear about it tonight. Who knows? Ooh, but that's exciting. The infamous axe murders of 1909. Ringing any bells. Probably once I start talking. So I got really quiet because I was like, I saw that one and I didn't pick it. I didn't read it. Yeah. Because I had already kind of walked down the, this, these stories, guys, whenever we pick them, 
before you know it, you've already walked down the street, you've entered the house, and you're putting a, a down a down payment. Like, and now you own the house. Like, the, you don't mean to. You think you're just walking down the street, and before you know it, I love you're fucking signing the deed. When you do these little comparison it's stories, so it's weird. like my favorite thing you do. I should have said that at the sales <laughs> meeting when they asked me what my favorite thing about you right, was. Right, right. I should have said that, because it really is. I'm like, we're still, you're, oh, we're going in the yep, house. We're in and the we're house. paying for it. We're, we're, an, es- we're an escrow. <laughs> yes. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Yes. So anyway, I I accidentally bought the house before I went to the bedroom, but it is what it is. I I think I bought mine sight unseen and then went backwards and was like, <laughs> how am I gonna lay do the layout of the house? Got it. So we'll just go with that. And I don't have my glasses, so I'm gonna have to hold the paper super close to my face. Can't, can't <laughs> wait to see that. I know, and you have to stare at it for seven pages. Okay. <laughs> my sources are Wikipedia, SavannahTerrors.com, TheSavannian.com. And episode 56 of Common Mystics Podcast. Okay, and you're about to get pissed, so just get ready. Cool. Yeah. We usually do get a little angry, but this one, like, really got me. Great. Yeah. December 9th, 1909, midday Savannah, Georgia, where we are, a person was walking down the street. They started to walk past 401 West Perry Street and saw the door partially open and heard someone in distress and, like, moaning. So they walked up there, and there was a woman that was covered in blood and severely injured and, like, clinging to life in the doorway of the house 35 year old maggie hunter had her throat slit and her skull was crushed and she was just left there for her dead maggie was rushed to the hospital but unfortunately three days later she passed away due to her injuries so the police were called to perry street and when they found uh when they went in there they found two other women that were dead in the house 36 year old carrie olander was found dead with a slit throat and a crushed in skull as well so oh my yeah they think that it looked like in line with axe axe marks on her head oh and man. there was an axe laying in the hallway so oh well that gives away doesn't it yeah they like, like they think it looks like an axe kind of situation and then there was also an axe yes. lying right next to the yes body you <laughs> got would, it you would do a great job on those documentaries got it <laughs> if they interviewed you one day yeah we need to do that the cops think that she'd also been sexually assaulted oh fuckers eliza gribble was described as an elderly woman who was found in the back bedroom in like a recliner like lazy boy type chair her glasses they had a lazy boy in the 1900s uh, i love it (laughs) that's why i I said recliner type chair because i was right this was like she's gonna be like they really have those (laughs) and i just i know mama had to know i said lazy i was like crap i just poked the bear Her, okay, her glasses and her newspaper were laying beside her, and her skull was crushed in with, also with an axe. Eliza was a widow who owned the house, and she was originally from England, but she came there just before the Civil War. So she, she owned a place called the House of the Friendless, which was a refuge for women and children in need and had been open for several years. So she was like a sweet baby angel. They could come there if they were homeless, and she would help them find work, all that stuff for them. She was known to take people in as well on her house on Perry Street. And Carrie Olander was her daughter, and she had lived in the house as well. And she had just separated from her husband, Andrew, and moved back in. That must be just separating for your husband in the 1900s. My goodness. Mm -hmm. And they lived in different states, so I'm sure it was a big... Yeah, poor thing. I thought stapling these was a good idea. I stapled mine too. It is what it is. Our people know us. It's fine. They're not (laughs) going to be like, I listen to their podcast, but I don't want to hear them flipping a fucking piece of paper. We're okay. We're okay. I feel good. Okay. I feel good about it too then. I stand with you. (laughs) I stand with her. That's what They took in Maggie Hunter and she was married mother of two. Maggie and her husband, that's the one they found on the porch, 
um, were estranged, and his name was J.C. Hunter, and she was trying to work out a plan to leave him at the time. December 8th, which was the day before, she had paid Eliza one year's rent up front, and she said a family friend gave her the money. But W.H. Walls was the family friend who loaned her this cash, but he was her lover. Ooh. Yeah. So she was cheating on her husband and wants to leave her husband to go be with this other guy, right? Pretty much. They were estranged anyway. She was like, had one foot out the door, not the, you know. Yeah. Teenage yeah. cheating, I get it, but. I mean, cheating is cheating. Yeah, but. Just like the tip is just the tip. <laughs> right? Is it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> For later. <laughs> Shut up. Maggie wanted to be independent, so she decided to cash in on her seamstress abilities, and she was actually going to work as a seamstress out of the Gribble house. J.C. Hunter had actually came over there, her husband, the day before to bring her a brand new sewing machine and set it up for her. The police had three theories on what happened. Robbery was the first motive because apparently Eliza, she would kind of brag a little bit. She had a trunk of treasures in her house, like all her rich stuff, like she told everybody that for some reason. I mean, I guess you wouldn't think people are just going to... Come in with an axe and take your shit. Yeah. The cops think that when the intruder came in to kill him or whatever, that he only thought that one person was going to be there and then there was three people. So he like frenzy panicked and killed all of them to get away. But I feel like that's a little aggressive to do. Like if you wanted to kill one person, just kill one person. And just knock the girl, they're, knock them over. <laughs> like, you know, like, hey, we are stronger than I, that. I know. I'm just saying. I know. I hear you. I'm with you. You know, like I don't, I feel like that's a little excessive. Yeah. I know this is going to shock you. In the South in 1909, but they thought the bur- burglar was black. No way. Right. This, there was a racism element to I it. know, right? Yeah. Uh, now, I didn't think this was... Ac- God, that pisses me off. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, oh, he has to be black. Okay. Yeah. And nothing was stolen. So they're like, okay, well, they're not going to crush skulls in if he's just startled. Nothing, and they didn't do yeah. anything, so robbery's off. There's there's definitely a level of, like, vengeance yeah. in there. It's, it's like passion. Yeah, crime of passion. Yeah, that's what they're called. Yep. Yes. The newspapers reported that witnesses were, like, seeing things. One said she saw a black man near the house around this time when the women were killed. But there was a guy that actually worked for Eliza, and he helped, and he did odd jobs and stuff around the house, so that's normal for him to be there. Yeah. Like, the newspapers were all, and they were reporting And these houses are huge. Yeah. So these houses here, if you've never been in Savannah, number one, you should go. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous place. Yeah. But the houses are huge. They are huge. Huge. And And she's an elderly woman, as she was described, she's going to need help. Yeah. And even that, fuck. I feel like if we own one of those houses, they're from (laughs) 1892, like, they need upkeep. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, they required staff, Mm -hmm. for sure. Oh, yeah. And the newspapers were going crazy about this. So they also reported that witnesses were coming to them saying that they saw a black man carrying an axe. Then he entered the house and then he shut the shutters. Somebody just went fucking Karens. Like. 1902 Karens. Right. Fucking turning their heads. Being like, I want to be interviewed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. And then newspapers are like, oh, you saw one thing. Cool. Let me put that. Yep. Headline. Just like we do. Yeah, (laughs) that is true. The second theory that Carrie was targeted with the intent of sexual assault and then the aftermath was because the the killer got interrupted. So they, the second theory was that Carrie was. Well, that's what I, Carrie to me has to be the person they were after because she was the one that was sexually assaulted. Yeah. The other ones were. If there was a crime of vengeance, I highly doubt like an ex-husband was like, I'm going to kill my wife and I'm going to rape her friend. Like, that's so bizarre. It feels like 100% the... Yeah. hmm. And they also said that they thought a black man did that. Oh, my God. I'm going to flip the fucking table. Oh, Was this the part? No, I don't even want to keep going. Yeah. I'm going to stop. This doesn't make sense, though, because if that was the goal, why, like, there's two other women. Like, why would he... 
well, I would even try to do that, like go in and rape someone in broad daylight when he knows two other women are in the house. If it's the guy that works for her, yeah, you know, it's just stupid. And the third one was the connection with Maggie because she had just moved in the day before. She'd been there one day. That sucks. Yeah, and they thought either J.C. Hunter or W.H. Walls, who the guy she was sleeping with. Cool names, yeah, right? I don't know they were really names. Yeah. Well, when we they, say it, we don't even know what their names are. It's just J. C. It was probably James Charles. Jesus Christ. You're right. <laughs> like, they thought that either of those two guys did it to get back at her, or and the other two were just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. And just a side note, both of those men were white. Okay. You're going to get more pissed. It, this gruesome scene, and the cops didn't secure it, like, at all. There was blood everywhere. They actually invited the reporters and the newspapers in, and they got greedy and just started printing everything and anything just to try to get the other one. Yeah. Yeah. So these assholes even ruined a lot of the evidence, and the the cops did find some that pointed to Maggie's husband. They found a bloody bag that had bloody clothing in it, and a witness came forward and said that J.C. had like threatened to kill his wife at one point. Hmm. Besides the fact that he had been there at the freaking house the day before, he was a painter and installed the wallpaper. So he had worked on the house six years before, and he knew the layout because he he did the entire inside of the house. Oh man. The cops picked up the two white guys, J.C. Hunter and W.H. Walls, and then John Coker was the, he happened to be black. That's who they picked up. The part about John pisses me off, though, because nothing, nothing Nothing's pointed pointing, yeah. to their other two theories, and they were like, well, we have to. And then the cops kept fucking up, because back in the day, they used to think that if you brought the murderer to the body, they would just instantly confess. Like, they, like, <laughs> isn't that so oh, stupid? <laughs> Oh, what? It's so I mean, dumb. but they used to do duels that, like, they believed oh. that whoever was, uh, that God, whoever won the duel, that was the person who. Really? Yeah, like, there's a movie called The Duel, and it's literally about, like, this guy raped this dude's wife, and she says that this guy raped her, and they're like, well, we're gonna have the two guys, the husband and the rapist, fight to the death, and whichever one lives is the one that God knew was right, because they were like, the girl lied about raping her. What? Being raped, yeah. And that's a wild movie. It's insane. And the, the um, it's, God, it's so, but that's literally the concept. We've read that in a few of our things, like uh, with the Salem witch trials and stuff. Yeah. And some of the theories is they believed that God would, God wouldn't let wow. the the innocent person die. That's it. Is that a book too? No, I don't know. But it's yeah. a, it's a whole, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. It sounds more. like a book that you would tell me about. I've read like, a, you're right. A lot of the books that I've read are, yeah. Yeah, that definitely sounds like a that. <laughs> okay, so they took those two guys to Maggie's sister's house. That's where she was. And they, because they did that normally, they didn't even tell her she was dead. They just took her. They said, we need you to come with us. And then they just went. So they took each man separately to her coffin to see Maggie. JC, her husband, he started bawling his eyes out. And then they're like, would you like to kiss your wife? And he's like, yes. Oh, my God, the suspense of Heather fucking <laughs> turning a piece of paper. God. <laughs> I couldn't get it. So her husband started asking questions like, when did she die and all that stuff? Like, what are you guys doing about it? And they took him back to the station and he never confessed. And then W.H. Walls went back and then they did this whole thing again. He held her hand and said she was a great friend, but he also did not confess. So this solidified to the cops that neither one of them did it. Wow. Because that was their theory. And it probably didn't hurt that they were white. A hundred percent. Yeah. And then here's the thing. Like, all the evidence points to J.C. again, her white-ass husband. So, he's 30 years older than her, if not more. Whoa. She took out a life insurance policy on him because at, why would she not? He's 30 years older than her. Yeah. She was 35, right? Or 32? Yeah. In her 30s. Yeah. And It's amazing he lived that long in the fucking 1900s. 
<laughs> she's she's sitting there with her sister and they're having tea and stuff and then the insurance collector actually came to the door and when he came to get the premium on jc's life insurance she was like well i'm gonna die soon anyway so and he instead of being like you're healthy you're young what are you talking yeah. about he's just like oh well just pay by saturday <laughs> and doesn't think anything of it and he told him later he's like oh that was kind of weird yeah yeah and then oh God. right and then also Remember when, like, she was found? She was alive for three days in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When she was at the hospital, Brother John was a local pastor at Southside Baptist Church. So she was missing for three days, she, and they she, didn't even tell her that she was dead. No, no. She was alive in the hospital for three days. They found her. She was still clinging right. to life, and they took her, and then she passed away in the hospital. Right. But which one is that? Maggie. Right. But didn't you say that they didn't tell her that she was dead? No, they didn't tell the men when they went to see her, like, but when they went to take her. This was after the fact. I know, but, like, so for three days, did they know that she had been attacked? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's I breathed no over sense. that part. That so stupid. Yeah. This is so dumb. Yeah. Okay, so when she was alive in the hospital, Brother John was a local pastor, right? He was like, hey, do you know who I am? Just to make sure she was coherent, and she said his name. And so they started the whole, like, prayer and your soul's gonna go to heaven and all that stuff because she was legit cleaning your life and then brother john said so who hurt you and was it a black man and she said no he was white like she said that and then she told him her attacker was her husband jc hunter oh my gosh like she said that before she before she died before they went and saw the bodies so yeah and this is the point where you think that they would keep him like go get him and keep. She literally said that, right? Nope. This is this is I when they arrested gonna... the three people. I know. Oh, yeah. I believe they'll. I <laughs> believe the black man will go to jail for this crime for yeah. no fucking reason. Yeah. So J C Hunter, W H Walls, and then John Coker. Like I said, he was black, and he shouldn't have had anything to do with this at all. February twenty third, nineteen ten. All three men were indicted by a grand jury oh for the murder. All three of them. Now they said it was so insane, the cops were like, well, not one guy could do this. Oh, my gosh. Now they're trying to act like they co-conspired it. Mm. Oh, my gosh. It's so stupid. I told you it's going to piss you off. This is so dumb. In May of 1910, the papers said that after their trials, only one man was not released, J.C. Hunter. So that's actually good. The other two men were released because there wasn't enough evidence. Thank goodness. Yeah. And J.C. was found guilty and scheduled to be hanged on June 10th, 1910. However, his sentence, for some reason, was reduced to life in prison. Okay. Twelve years later, 1922, Governor Walker granted J.C. Hunter a pardon, and he was released. So he did 12 years for that. Okay. Brother John, the guy who literally heard Maggie say on her deathbed that her husband did it, started partitioning for his release. Like, the husband. When J.C. was supposed to be hanged, he asked Brother John to baptize him. And J.C. started declaring his innocence before God. So from this point, he started, Brother John was his spiritual advisor and started supporting him 100%. Even though he heard this lady the day before she died say that her husband did that to her. I don't get that part. He went and got 300 signatures. Maybe he believes his soul was I think so. sponged of the crime that he lost his mind. Now we would call that an insanity plea. Yeah. You're right. Because there wasn't a plan. He did it in broad daylight. He lost his shit. He probably found out she was having an affair and like... Yeah. But like, here's the thing. For one though, Brother John should have been like, okay, if you didn't do this, who did it? And they, he didn't even brush on that at all. Like he didn't talk, speak he to He knows he did it. He's just yeah. saying that you, God gives you the right to be, to redeem yourself for your sins. So yeah, he believes that a lot of priests do that for people who have been killed. That's true. Or people who have murdered people. Religion and prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, this is also fucked up, though. The cops 
like on their black guy witch hunt for no reason and they had tunnel vision on this theory the whole time they always do yeah they claim they were working on tips but they never released what they were mm-hmm. the newspaper said that the police the police dragnet through the black neighborhood in savannah which means they'd like literally drag a net and get everything and everything they had bloodhounds radio broadcasts and they would hang up flyers and all these vague descriptions on them that were like a five seven black man wearing a gray sweater the mayor, the mayor himself, also offered a thousand dollar reward to go t- towards the arrest of this alleged person. Oh my! Yeah, they ba- they basically harassed and interrogated all the residents in the neighborhood. Like they went house to house and like acted like in riot ways. Wow. They, yeah, they were pulling down fences, breaking windows, all searching <laughs> for this guy, this alleged this guy. guy. Yeah, and the point for the police to strike fear in the African American community. And the newspapers even alluded to a race war. Over 150 black men, God, I hate this so much, were brought in for questioning and brutally questioned. Some of them were held for over a month, even though she was already dead and she already told Brother John that her husband did it. Oh my God, just terrorizing. Yeah. Terrorizing people. Yeah. One man confessed in all this, though, because it was so, he couldn't take it. Yeah. Like, they broke him down. I'm sure they did. Yeah. If someone told me I did something, at some point I would I would be like, yeah, I did. Can 100%. you make it stop? Like, especially if they do it in a room for like 16 hours. Yeah, and haven't given me food. I pissed in the corner. I established my pee corner. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. When I was reading this, though, I was like, why are they trying so hard to pin it on the black guy? And earlier in Georgia in 1909, there was a huge railroad strike by the White Union Railroad workers. And the railroad companies were firing white workers and hire black workers so they could underpay them because they're pieces of shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. But racial tension throughout the whole state. We still do that. Right? With other races now. Oh, yeah. And then freaking mobs, like... Black railroad workers were getting attacked and shit was getting really bad. The government actually had to step in and help mediate. So they ruled against the white union and forced the railroad companies to equally pay the black workers the same wages as the white ones. Which you think that was a step in the right direction, but it pissed a lot of the close-minded people off. Wow. Back in the did day. It? Yes. Did it? We should build a, a wall. Because <laughs> that's the same fucking shit. It's so stupid. But yeah, th- that happened in May of 1909. Well, I'm so glad it, was... it also happens in January of 2023. Right? <laughs> yeah. But that's uh, but that was still fresh right before that, too. So they everybody's yeah. like, ooh. Yeah. But, and I'm not saying it's an excuse by any means, but they used that as the power move because they still felt like they like the white people still had to be powerful and stupid. This should have been an open and shut case, though, and they fucked it yeah. up so bad. Like, the house isn't there anymore because I, w- I looked it up to see if we could go see it. But there's an escape room across the street. And the podcast I listened to said that they used that story to market theirs. They also said the workers can hear women screaming when they're leaving and closing up at night. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> there's no house. Yeah. Who knows? So what is the spirit holding on to? Uh, I, I That's don't right, though? Like, I don't, I don't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that they are, they go back to places or whatever where their heart is like longing for and it, it holds on to houses. Yeah. Places. Not, if the house isn't there, I feel like there's another there's building no place. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a little tidbit. Anyway, that is the uh, mess up story of the axe murders of 1909. Hmm. Damn. It was a wild story. I know. It's kind of aggravating. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is an aggravating story. Um, it's so long ago, though, that luckily I'm not going to, like, flip a table over it. If you would have said that was in 1974, I would have probably got in the car and drove somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> to fight the good fight. I don't know. <laughs> That's nonsense. Yeah. It's, um, why axes, man? I don't know. I feel like that would be the worst way to die. Yeah. That or a hammer. 
But there's a lot Those of hammers in our stories and axes. Axes, I don't feel like I hear a lot of because now people don't have, like, do you and will have an axe in your house? Five. No, but really. No. See? <laughs> like, it's not just a murder weapon like it used to be back in the day. That, like, like, go everybody. chop the firewood. Yeah. We don't want to freeze Like, we have an axe. Yeah. But you'd have to, it's not like you're going to just grab it because it's next to the back door. Like, I don't know. That's how I feel axes were in the day. Because um, everyone had to chop up wood. Like, yeah. Really, so they were around. They were around. Downtown. Town. I think you're going to say that. Uh, and then hammers. I mean, yeah, I can I can get that one. We do That's have a hammer. closet. Good. We do have a hammer. I said closet. I meant garage. Maybe yeah. people keep them in their closets. I when used to go hide a garage. When they hide them. No. After they use them. I don't know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Got it. I don't know. I want my drink. Yeah, I just feel like an axe would be a terrible situation. Yeah. I, don't, I feel like it would be a fun, fun time in fun town. Yeah. Nope. Well, there you have it. There we have it. Um, I would be blown away if we don't hear that story tonight. Right. Uh, I'm going to jump into mine. Okay. Jump. Let's go. All right. Please talk directly into I'm going, your... I'm going to. For, for oh, my God. <laughs> I looked up at her and she was like, yes, I know that I did that. <laughs> okay. So mine are called the All Day Murders. Have you ever heard of these? This one? No. Okay. Um, I used the lineup Scare Street and Murderpedia. There's also a movie called Murder One on Amazon Prime that you can watch. That one, from what I read, it is not, it was inspired by these um, these events, but they show other things happening that, from my understanding, is not what happened. Okay. So I, I want to say that, that that movie is um, a dramatization of what really happened. Okay. And then there's um, also a book called Brother in Blood, The True Account of the Georgia Massacre by Clark Howard. In case somebody wants to give it a go, if you will. <laughs> so let's imagine it's 1973 and you're just kind of living your best life. It's a beautiful day. You and your family enjoying the May weather and you're working on your gorgeous farm. Uh, truly, it's 100% of you minding your own business and just like doing your farm chores in Donaldson, Georgia. Okay. That's what's happening here. So Donaldsonville, sorry, Donaldsonville has less than 3,000 people. So you can imagine it's a super quaint area. It's really charming. It's really safe. And uh, really this farm is like in the middle of kind of like nowhere. Yeah. On May 5th, 1973, a few miles away at Maryland's Poplar Hill Correctional Correctional Institute, there are convicts who are working on executing their plan to escape. We have a 19-year-old. His name's Carl Isaacs, and he is really the ringleader. He's also known as a fast talker, which if we said that in Kentucky, we would know that they were on meth <laughs> because that's <laughs> that's a fun fact. Is that uh, really what it is? They means? literally called him a fast talker. I, I know, but like if it was Kentucky, it would be like, they were on meth. Like, I don't know this guy. I don't know what he did. That's the other thing, too. Well, we'll tell you more. But okay. Carl Isaac, he also has, like, he has an ego, and he's really good at manipulating people, kind of talking him into doing whatever he really wants. He brings in his friend, inmate, and half-brother. Okay. Okay. Wayne Coleman along. Um, and then also another inmate. So he's in, he's in jail with his freaking half-brother. Okay. And he gets Wayne to go. And then they also bring in their friend, uh, George Dungy. He's also an inmate. Okay. Okay. Uh, what I will say, I don't know what the fuck any of them went to jail for. I couldn't find any of that. Yeah. Okay. Did I... I scoured. I scoured. I remember you telling me about said scouring. So, yes. yes. I told Heather that I had a fine tooth comb looking for the lice in the hair. In the hair. And I couldn't find the big fat one. Yep. I am who I am and I stand by it. Uh, he also brings along his brother, Billy Isaacs. He gets him involved in the escape part and we'll touch on him too. But he's not in jail. Okay. He's outside. Keep in mind, it's 1973. I feel like I need to preface that so you can understand how they ended up escaping prison. 
They climb through a bathroom window. They conceal, conceal themselves in the surrounding woods. And uh, they steal a car. And they head south. Wow. In 1973. Apparently that's how easy it was to get out of jail. <laughs> climb out a fucking window. Hide in, it's in the It's a tiny bushes. town, so, right? No, this is in a different place. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is in um, Maryland's Poplar Hill Correctional Institute. It's not... Yeah, okay. they have to drive to I was like, that's probably like the back of a tire shop if it's in that small oh, town. Oh, yeah, no. No, it's a different place. Um, along the way, so they're heading south. Okay. Along the way, they decide to pick up Carl's brother. Okay. So apparently this was communicated somehow, and they go to pick up his brother. Okay. His brother is 15 years old. Oh, no. Yeah. Why? I mean, well, he's 19. He's not even fucking... He's... We have to keep in mind in all of this, he's 19. And I don't even know how old the other guys are because it's not even said anywhere. Wow. So they just make sure that you know that he is 19 because he's the one that really like ran it. Yeah. The goal for them is that they're going to head to Florida or Mexico. That's because, duh, like those are the two places that you go to if you're going to escape prison. We all know that. Especially when you're 19. Yes. Uh, and I mean, yeah. <laughs> they uh, What they know is that they need to get gas and money. That's kind of the, the whole shebang here for them. From what I saw in the movie... And, like, this isn't right. They grab people and they kill them along the way, but really they don't. Yeah, so in the movie, they're... Church they're it up out, Yeah. And they're killing gas station attendants and all this shit. But they're not doing that. They just robbed places along the way. Why it turns heinous, I don't understand. Because it seems like a pretty chill overall experience. And then, I mean, they did break out of jail and pick up a little brother. But anyway... Pretty I mean, we don't, we don't even know why they went. Yeah, they're on their own road trip. Yeah. We don't know why they... are on They're on... <laughs> We don't know why they're in jail. It could have been for weed. Who knows? <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, so nine days into their escape. They made it nine days so far. They've robbed a few places and they've grabbed some cash. They come up to the All Day Family Farm, which is in a super remote location, as I had mentioned, as farms do tend to be. They see a gas pump that's on the property and they're pretty excited for what seems to be like an easy steal because now they need to get gas. As they're working to steal the gas, they see a trailer and decide to ransack it because hashtag why not. And so they go into the, the trailer. You wrote hashtag why not. I did. <laughs> um, oh, fuck. There's one thing I didn't do was double checking one of the guy's names. In two articles I read, someone said his name was Jerry and someone said his name was Jesse. So I'm going to call him Jesse Jerry. Because I don't know. <laughs> so Jesse Jerry. We're all about the all facts. Time, which hard-hitting truths a hard-hitting i'm an investigative journalist here we really we are Mm -hmm. this is the hard-hitting facts that's what you guys come here for Uh, i mean there's so many there's so many babies called jesse jerry yeah so let's talk about it jesse jerry all day and his father ned uh they're doing their chores as we kind of mentioned and they come up to the guys mid ransack so this is the center part of the farm a big the all-day family is a big family and they're all working on their farm super remote they have a, a gas station area, like a gas pump to do all of their tractors. From what I read, that gas, it didn't have any gas, like that gas station. Oh. Though they do say that they're coming back, like one of them driving up in a tractor to go get gas. So I'm very confused on the whole actual gas situation here. Yeah. But the whole end game was for people to get gas. Yes. This is all about fueling tanks, pretty much. <laughs> Jesse Jerry and his father, they come up mid-ransack. And the two were forced inside the trailer at gunpoint as they were outnumbered, outmaneuvered, and completely like just, what the fuck? Yeah. They, they were caught off guard. Once they step inside the trailer, they're shot and killed. Oh, what? Yes. Why? Each one in a different room in the trailer. Why? I couldn't tell you. That, that was pointless. Gets worse. 
Um, uh, it always does. <laughs> so what sucks about this is that that one spot is essentially like essential to their daily work. So everyone in the family will come to visit this one spot. Oh no. Yeah. As I mentioned, they regularly go here to get gas and, and to grab their tools. So Jesse Jerry's brother, Jimmy, all day, he arrives on his tractor and he's ambushed in the same manner. He too is forced inside the trailer and made to lay down on the couch before Carl shoots him. I don't know if he saw, from my understanding, there was like, they killed the other two men um, in different bedrooms. So it was like, he might have walked in there and not seen a dead body. Where did they get a gun? They stole it. Uh, I'm guessing they stole it. Or the brother brother probably brought it. Uh, No one mentions that. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good call out. So then Jesse Jerry's wife, so her, her husband's dead. She comes, her name's Mary Alday. And unfortunately, she is the worst fate of them all. She pulls up when they're attempting to hide the tractor, like they're trying to hide what's going on here. They grab her and they restrain her inside the trailer before raping her on her own kitchen table. She still lives. The final two victims were uh, Jesse Jerry's brother, Chester, and Uncle Aubrey. So many people. Yeah, so many people. That's, yeah. They came in a pickup truck and had the same fate as the rest of their family members. So imagine... They're just driving up on a pickup truck, and they're like, hey, what are you guys up to? And they're like, get the fuck out of the car. Like, yeah, all of this different. happened so, so fast. Yeah. They were pushed into the trailer, and they were shot, too. God. I can only imagine on that one what that must have been like, because you would almost think they would just take whatever they wanted and leave. Yeah. In that environment, I would not think I'm going to die. Yes, it's going to flash to your mind, but I would be like, okay, just steal whatever the fuck you want. We're in a remote town. Just steal what you want and leave. Yeah, go. Which they would have let them. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure they would have definitely chosen that over their lives. Yeah. But for, like, why why they needed to kill him makes no sense to me. So they had them go into that trailer, and then now you're seeing all of your dead family members. Just like you would have walked in, and there's just dead Uh. dead bodies. uh, Right before being executed themselves. So that's unbelievably just... That's so sad. Sad and terrible. Mary's still alive, though. They take her into the woods, and they rape her again. God... They find her body days later, several miles away from the all because one of the all day's neighbors um, stumbled across her. So it took so it takes a little bit of time to find her. Uh, Carl did not kill her. Dunkey actually killed her. The men leave their car in the woods near her body, and then they take her car instead. They later leave it in Alabama, where they steal another vehicle. Of course, a few days later, they make it to West Virginia. But here's where the joyride ends. They are finally arrested, and they're found to have the guns that were later matched in the killings and some of the all-day family belongings. How they get caught? I don't know. I do not know. Wow. But they do get caught. Well, I'm glad they got caught. Me too. Billy Isaacs, who once again was only 15 when this happened, totally cooperated with the police. He agreed to testify against his older brother in exchange for a 20-year sentence for armed robbery. Still, though, his life was completely ruined and taken from him because he let his brother pick him up after breaking out of prison. Yeah. So he was just a 15 year old. And now he got 20. He will be 30. He will be my age by the time he was able to get out. Yeah. And also what you saw. Mm, Yeah. He's fucked up for sure. And the fact that he was so young, he's going to do whatever they, he just wants to hang out. Yeah. Like I'm sure he just wanted to hang out with his brother. Yeah. Make his brother proud. Yes. I agree. Hang out with his brother and his older friends. Mm Mm-hmm. Terrible. The ringleader, Carl Isaacs, he confessed to some of the crimes. At one point, he's doing an interview with a documentary filmmaker and admits to shooting Jerry, Ned, Aubrey, and Jimmy. Or Jerry, Jesse. Jesse, Jerry. 
Ned, Aubrey, and Jimmy. So four people. Yeah. Wives for no reason. Right. He also admits to raping Mary and burglarizing the trailer. These confessions were, of course, used in their trial. Carl Isaacs, Coleman, and Dungy were tried in Seminole County. All three were convicted and sentenced to death. Oh, shit. However, these convictions and subsequent sentences were overturned by the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit in 1985 on the grounds that the pool of potential jurors in Seminole County had been tainted by the massive pretrial publicity. Oh. I can agree to this if there was a doubt that perhaps they were innocent. Yeah. Like but they, they weren't. No. Not at all. So you heard about it because they fucking did it. Yeah. That's second. That's stupid. Yeah. Wow. Uh, they took lives like it was absolutely nothing to them, so they should be killed too. Like they literally killed people for no reason. A whole family. They executed a whole family. For no reason. You're right. Yeah. For gas or for whatever they could steal out of there. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, all three men were then retried again in 1988. The convictions were upheld, but this time only Carl Isaacs received the death, the death penalty. Coleman and Dungy received life sentences which one could argue would be the worst end anyway. Yeah, they'd rather be in jail forever than get to be killed. Yeah. You can imagine this is because Carl admitted to pulling the trigger on most of the victims. And as I mentioned, he really started the entire shitstorm. If he hadn't made the decision to get out of jail, nothing else would have happened. It was all him. Oh, you're right. Yeah. If he didn't want to break out of jail, that whole family would be alive. Yeah. Wow. His brother's life would have been spared. And they would have just continued to work through their, their sentence. And we don't even know. For what could have been, what, like 12 days yeah. out of jail? Yeah. Yeah. Carl Isaacs was executed on May 6th of 2003. Oh. At Georgia Diagnostic and Classification State Prison in Jackson. He was the longest serving death row inmate in the United States at the time. I was going to say that's a pretty long time. Having spent 30 years there prior to his execution. I wonder why it took so long. We'll talk about it. The last meal uh, for him. Yes. Which this is so annoying to me because he ordered it and didn't eat it. He just ordered it? Yeah. And they do that. And I think they do it as like one last fuck you. So his last meal, he ordered a pork, a meal of pork and macaroni, pinto beans, sauteed cabbage, carrot carrot salad, a dinner roll, chocolate cake, and fruit punch. That That feels very Georgia. A hundred percent. Let's just say to each their own. That's not disgusting. Going to be my last meal. No. And then he refused it. He didn't eat it. He also mentioned too that he around this time he had said that he wasn't the hot-headed man that he was when he was nineteen and when he committed the murders. Well, no shit. Yeah. You're now an adult. Yeah. Which you stole from that other family to be able to come. The remaining all-day family didn't believe um, that he was apologetic at all, even after the thirty years. Because of how boastful he was in the interview. And you can watch the interview, guys. Oh, no. Google this fucking interview. Oh, so no. So it's Carl Isaacs with that documentary filmmaker, right? After he, had, after he had committed the crimes and he's 19 years old. He said, and I quote, buckle up. Okay. I'd like to get out and kill more of them. He said at the time, they represent the type of society I don't like. I didn't know them, had never seen them before May 14th, but I didn't like them. Working people don't do a damn thing for me. Because they worked. Whoa. Take that in. I can't. He murdered them because they were hardworking individuals. Wow. And he doesn't like folk like that. What kind of fucking I can't human? Watch. Sorry. I can't watch that video. I'll get too mad. Who? Crazy. Crazy. It just blows me away. Yeah. Like when I, when I got that part out of the, what I looked into, I was just like, 
what the fucking thing? Yeah, he also, insane. during the interview, he compares himself to a to notorious 1930s outlaw, John Dillinger. So he basically oh. acts like he's some special fucking outlaw. Oh, he's a little bitch. That's what he is. Yeah. I was looking through some other stuff, and it was like people who... Like, here, here's from someone, because of what this did for Georgia, like the state of Georgia. So one of the people who works as a secretary at Commerce State Bank, whatever, she was just 18 when the killings happened. She said that the tragedy changed the small farming community forever, as people who never worried about locking their doors learned the meaning of fear. I was in college in Dothan back then, driving back and forth every day, and my mother didn't even want me to go to school. She said that we didn't know uh, where the Isaacs gang was at, and people didn't want to let their children out of the house. So imagine being in like college and they're like, you can't go. Yeah. That, like, cause we don't know where they are and they could kill you for no reason. I mean, yeah, that'd be terrifying. JC Ernest, who was the brother-in-law of Ned Alday, he had said, we just didn't think things like that could happen in Seminole County. Things like that happen in other states. He said that he hopes the execution of Isaacs next month. So this was back in 2003. will put some of the fear that has lingered since the killings to rest. He said he's tired of his community being known as the site of some of the most gruesome murders in state history. It created a lot of anguish among people. People are ready to see an end to it. And then another one of the person before who was that secretary at the bank, she had said that it was a shame that many of the people closest to the all days are not alive to see their loved ones killer finally brought to justice. Many family members and friends of the slain family have died in almost the 30 years since Isaacs has been on death row, you would like to know that they were going to finally be at peace in their hearts and their minds, which that's the part that sucks that he was held out that whole time. Yeah. But what I do find also interesting is that this was the first time in state history that Georgia officials would allow family members to witness the execution. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's been that long, so you'd think that they'd want to... It took 2003. It took until 2003 for them to let... The victims of the people, like, if there's anyone in the whole world that should be able to see it, but then again, it really is a brutal, it's a brutal thing to do. I guess they could pick their own journey, I guess. Yeah. Like, if you're a family member. Yes. Like, do you, would, I would would have to see. If someone murdered you, I would be there with Will. Yeah. And I'd be like, up on that glass. (laughs) They'd be, I'd be the last fucking person they saw. (laughs) You know what I mean, though? Like, so I I feel like that's the right that that person has. Uh, his appeals against his this sentence went all the way up to the Supreme Court, but they denied it. And his final options having been exhausted, they did finally schedule his execution date. So he kept pushing to not be executed. That is also kind of how the loophole of it all happened. I believe I believe he, he was 49 when he was executed. So it probably had a lot to do with the fact that he was 19 when he did all of this. Because yeah. can you... Or the other question is, would you be killing more people like you said in your fucking interview? Yeah. And with that, I don't know. You can file all this paperwork and all the motions and stuff and like delay things. Uh, they do it that's on what TV. he did. I mean, they do it on TV. They all deleted the time, so. 30. That's what they did. Yeah. Delayed it 30 years. That's why he was the longest death row like, inmate. Yeah. Because even if it's like a bogus claim, they still have to look yep. in. They legally have to look into it. Pushes months and months and months. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he declined to make a final statement, but did ask for a final prayer before being put to death by lethal injection. George Dungy, he died in prison on April 4th of 2006. Billy Isaacs was released from prison in 1993, and then he died in Florida on May 4th, 2009 at age 51. As of 2016, Wayne Coleman was the last surviving member of the group, and he still remains incarcerated. There's one of them still alive? I don't know now. I just uh, realized yeah. it was, Not that I just realized. 
but that was in 2016, so he could he could still be. Wow, what a that's sad. I don't like these stories today. <laughs> I never really put it, um Google time. Yep, I'm gonna see. No, I want to know. So go ahead. I don't know. I feel really bad. There's a lot of like successful Wayne Coleman's in this area. <laughs> well, hopefully it's not that one. I can't find out. I don't know. We'll just uh, assume. I'll assume that he's still alive because I don't see anything that says he's dead. Yeah. That would be my assumption. Yeah. Uh, whenever I dug into this, I thought there was going to be more of a reason behind it. Like, that why? Because it was one of the worst, like, massacres in Georgia. And that's how it, like, popped up for me. It was, like, a horrible yeah. massacre. Yeah. And it essentially was, right? Five, five or six people were killed yeah. um, within, I guess it was five, including Mary. That for no reason that there is with no what reason. probably would have happened within like an hour of time. Yeah, there's no reason and you said that when you were going into it. You're like, Well mine's pissing me off because there's no reason. No reason. And now there's not. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a, yeah. a strange lover or anything like that. It really was they just came up to a farm and killed people. Wow. On their own property for no reason. And then to be angry and against people who work, like that just what the absolute fuck. You're mad that's like Someone works hard? Yeah, you're oh mad about gosh. it. Oh my gosh, you're insane. Yeah. Anyway, that's the sad story of the all-day family murders. Damn. It's bad that I, like, it took me a couple paragraphs to figure out that you meant that was their name. <laughs> I was like, do they just kill people all day? Oh, I- <laughs> <laughs> How was I supposed to know? You said the all-day murders. I was like, oh, we about to go into some shit. Uh- <laughs> it's all day. <laughs> Someone agree with me. Oh, my God. I agree with you. That was amazing. It's amazing. Right? Yeah, totally. You, I feel like you stare at my paper a lot. You definitely look at my paper. No, I try to see if I can see it because I don't have my contacts in. No. So I'm literally like doing an eye test for myself. Yeah, she looks like she's like reading the paper with me. And I'm like, well, because okay, either I that or you're just talking and I just have to stare at your face. No, no, I totally, yeah. I, I hear you stop. See, that's why I look at the paper because I have to make weird and aggressive eye contact. So I, just I look, like it. I'm like, I'll just pretend to read it. I can't read that. Got it. Perfect. <laughs> you can see some of it. Well, that's how that went down. Yeah. Let's let's go. Let's go. Heather's just <laughs> let's, like, let's go. Uh, let's okay. go. What did I say that one time? Let's go. To, are you ready for lunch? And you're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> we just told terrible stories. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's go eat. I know. I'm hungry. <laughs> Well, now we're going to go adventure through Savannah. We just said some really sad stories. Um, feel yeah. a little closer to the state. I need some more of my dirty south lemonade and coffee. Yeah, Heather's been yawning like a banshee over here. <laughs> well, because I was supposed to have coffee. <laughs> and then I brewed a whole pot, and you're like, I'm not going to drink it. I'm like, okay, I don't know what to tell you now. So <laughs> You just made me sound like and a then, And then she's like, I could have had bang. Yeah, there's eight energy drinks in the fridge, too, and she didn't grab any of those. <laughs> I'm sorry that no one forced fed you a, a You're coffee. making me sound like <laughs> such a bratty little kid. You're like, you said, I'm not drinking that. I just said, no, I don't want any thank you, though. And you say that I'm, I'm like, eh. And she looks at me and I just turn around. <laughs> don't talk to me. <laughs> that did not happen. I just didn't want lemonade in my cold brew. <laughs> I don't blame you because it's terrible people. So I just want the champagne root. Yeah. Instead. Always a, always a good choice. I think so. Well, guys, we love you. We're yeah. going to go adventure on. We can't wait for our next episode, which is going to be pretty fucking stellar. Uh, yeah. It's uh, Innocent Until Proven Guilty. Yes. And my story, I already know that one. So we're all be, we will all be weeping by the end of it. So. Oh. Yeah. You're going to cry too? I, it's sad. Oh, it's really shit. horrible. Well. It's really terrible. 
Anyway. Anyway. Good way to end on a high note. Just kidding. Yeah. Hey, guys. We love you. Thanks. Like, listen, subscribe. Follow us on social social media yes. so you can see uh, some of the fun stuff we're doing. Uh, yeah, do that. Yeah. Love All you, right. bye. We love you, bye. Theodore, can I put that?